0: This is Better at Than Dead, a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we're going to be talking about The Great Gatsby, which is, you know, but it's F. Scott Fitzgerald's 1925 novel about a mysterious rich guy who throws ragers on Long Island, as all the rich guys on Long Island do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Does he serve iced tea of the yeah. Long Island style?
2: <laughs> yeah, yes. Probably. Lots of Long Island iced teas, yeah.
0: <laughs> of the Why the Great Gatsby, so I think this is one of I've said this before of other things. It's one of the few books I read in high school, college, and grad school, and like all of the previous ones, it was a very different book every time, which is normal. And yeah, I like it more every time I read it. And here's a story. Okay, so like when I finished grad school, low this many years ago, I could not have known that I would have a fun podcast with two of. My best buddies, the funny dudes. This would have come as good news to me then. I would have been very happy. But (laughs) there is also less good news, which is that I would not have wanted to learn that I would come to this podcast the defender of modernism. (laughs) And yet here we are. I am not a scholar of this stuff, but apparently around these parts, I have become the person who reminds the Philistines that modernism, in fact, is good.
2: Now, now, now hold just on. I like, I like James yeah, Joyce right. and Ernest Hemingway is my problematic fave. Dad,
0: <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't like this book. Get the-
1: <laughs> I liked it. I had a great time. It's- I had a very. I really enjoyed myself and. I don't apologize for it. I love those big eyeballs that are in this book.
0: The <laughs> eyes yeah, of Doctor Shivago Yes. <laughs> I okay, so like the, which, but I mean, I am here to dunk on this book. Like, I really am. I'm into it, but it's also like it's making real claims about class. Money and actually, in not dumb ways, jerks. And it presents all these different genres of like wealth and not wealth and heterosexual coupling and like the avoidance of the couple form, how physical space imagines all these different possibilities for money and like sex, money, sex, money, sex, money. This book is very good, admit it. And <laughs> at least it knows its central questions are sex and money, unlike fucking Hemingway, Tristan. Who thinks that like revenge, like sex is just like a revenge plot? Or Faulkner, who thinks money is just the same as property. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're land rich, you understand (laughs) him. And brains poor. Can
1: I interest you in Dune? Money in Dune is the poops of other substances of worms. We can all get together around that, surely.
0: Surely. I mean, and also that water is money. And if you're like a real hardcore dude, you just watch Tank Girl and you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) But the point here is this book, it's excellent. Sack up your bozos. Stop insisting that I read books about giggling imbeciles and their window related misadventures unless you are going to get on the fancy lad train (laughs) you and
1: your little Lord Fauntleroy over here thinks that just because I'm a woman from New Jersey that I can't appreciate fine (laughs) literature and I will have you know that I hamburger
0: himbo over here trying to (laughs) argue with me
1: yes I read almost every word in this book and understood the vast majority.
2: <laughs> here, here, I, look, I, I had a good time with it too. Also, Megan, I'm already giggling imbeciles who get into window-related misfortunes. I would just point out that Nick Caraway is definitely a feckless boob on a trip, and there are window-related misfortunes in this
0: book. So. <laughs> I I don't actually agree with that because there's no like silliness. Like it's a different it's a different like construction of personality. All right, I, I think
1: when you get your own petard and you find it has hoisted you or yourself upon <laughs> yes. it,
0: you don't like it.
2: Oh, so they <laughs> did cast fucking Toby Maguire's in that Carraway. Anyway.
0: I mean, that, I, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't even know what do with that movie? Yeah, it's. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know what to do now. I don't like movies anymore.
2: Yeah, it's bad, and and also, I mean, it's like you know, sab Sam Waters to, to Toby McGuire and, and Leonardo DiCaprio to fucking. Uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Robert Redford to Leonardo DiCaprio, like a, a lot, a lot of a, a lot of declines. Uh,
0: I also uh, watched Dune recently because (laughs) i was like pulled in thanks fuck faces i didn't tell you
1: to do that (laughs) no you
0: didn't but
2: i kind of did yeah
0: honestly like i'm really glad i did though yeah it's great it's
1: it is a just
2: gorgeous disaster like yes
0: yeah it's a cult classic and now i get it but it's also fucking madness
2: yeah it is absolute fucking madness um very weird film but i love it yeah, so with Gatsby, look, I'm not trying to brag, but I do know a thing or two about the Long Island party scene. Okay. No, I, I never hung out in the Hamptons with Jamie Dimon or Bernie Madoff or Martin Scrowley or, or any other disgusting capitalist, but. When I was doing my my journalism degree in New York City, I, I rode the old LIRR out to Nassau County many times to see friends at like some bar with an epic Billy Joel cover band. Uh, <laughs> I was I was the designated driver at a Jimmy Buffett concert at Jones Beach in in two thousand for
0: uh hero 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 shit it's just got to be said
2: yeah it's it's i I mean and i very much all of that sounds very similar to these these jay gatsby bacchanals that are described but um yeah yeah, i mean like man this has been an unnerving couple weeks of finding out books i thought were profound as a teenager kind of suck a little bit (laughs) um like and that look that is harsh i enjoyed this fitzgerald yeah he's an excellent writer you know, uh, so like for the frank Herbert critiques do not apply here. <laughs> and and like I agree with most of what you said. Like there's a ton of great stuff in Gatsby for some commie lit dorks to get into. Yeah, the class anxieties of the American bourgeoisie, you know, the serious critique of the American fantasy of the individual, whatever the fuck that means. And also we get to get the American antihero of like the COD man, all of which is great. I mean, who doesn't love Lyle Ladley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, Fitzgerald, and this actually I did not remember from my AP uh, English reading 20 uh, some years ago. Fitzgerald, like, you know, quite overtly via Tom's enthusiasm for race side stages, the overlap of class anxieties and racist anxieties, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, it's, huge. About. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge thing. Like, But what, what I where I disagree a, a little bit with your uh, d- defense or whatever this novel is that I got annoyed in that. It felt to me that ultimately a lot of that really interesting stuff did kind of reduce to this like Dick swinging Hemingway as Kuiper masculinist contest between Gatsby and Tom. And I just I don't know, man. It's like I've read I've read Tender Is the Night. I've I've read other Fitzgerald. I just think you can write about class and not just from the perspective of rich shitheads on the North Shore of Long Island. Like, what if this book was
0: actually about Jay Gatsby? I would read that.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but if it weren't, like, you can have a show that's all rich people or book or whatever. Arrested Development, for example, that like still like skeptical about wealth yeah i'm uh, over reading this book like fitzgerald would certainly not have been skeptical about wealth but like yeah i don't give a shit
2: no 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 and and I like you know as I was kind of you know writing up my thoughts on this I was recalling like Raymond Williams's very sincere defense of Jane Austen and that like yeah it's about fucking like rich assholes in the country but we see all these economic structures I totally agree that that we see that here I like I do think it like for me it's more I just I don't know it's like at the end of the day I'm just not that compelled by the Daisy Tom Gatsby love triangle um which isn't because I don't think it could be Compelling. I just oh, No, think- I'm
0: not either. I, I think this is like entirely a structural <laughs> well, interest I, on my part.
2: Right. No, and I I'm with you. I'm hundred percent with you. I just feel like Fitzgerald kind of retreats into like the least interesting aspect of the novel in kind of very crucial moments. That's that's my main beef with it, to be honest.
1: That's fair, but I also think that. Every novel is a choose-your-own adventure, and you yeah. just have to choose the adventure you're choosing and go with it. And and you had an adventure with not only Fitzgerald, but some of your old friends, Hemingway and the bros, and <laughs> Jimmy Buffett was there, and Billy Joel was there, too. You're not in Oz anymore.
2: Living on sponge cake, watching the sun (laughs) bake, all of them tourists covered in oil.
1: (laughs) I know every word of that song, but I won't subject you to it. I know how to play it on the acoustic guitar.
0: Who the fuck are you people? Oh, remember when I talked about the Grateful Dead? Okay, never mind. (laughs) No position. I am in no position. Uh
1: i'm strumming my six string on my front porch swing that's a jim buffett <laughs> lyric get into it
0: trust you katie why'd you want to have you had you read this before did you read in high school like me and tristan and everyone else in the whole i world? did
1: attend i did attend high school um and so i did i did read it i read, I read it in high school go bulldogs um <laughs> I have read this before. I read it in high school. I uh, enjoyed it about as much as I did then, which is a lot because it has these lovely gems of sentences. Nobody loves a simile more than Fitzgerald. Nobody, and I mean nobody. Nick Carraway is just. Straight up your prototypical narrator. He's like, hello, nice to meet you. I'm a boring guy. You all seem interesting. Do you think I could get work narrating Uh, right now? I do have a lot of work commitments, giving myself a slow lobotomy with stocks and bonds and banking or some shit. Um, So that's him as a character. He also is another figure in literature that I don't think we have covered who is I don't know. I think somebody's cousin. And that's who who he is is I don't know. I think somebody's, somebody's cousin? cousin.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: he's, he's of- not your cousin because you know your cousin's been in the bathroom for three hours. It's New Year's Eve. They're drunk and causing trouble. He Someone has a name that's like
0: bagel related in some way. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: no, but all, <laughs>
2: of, all of this goes to the point that he is a feckless boob on a trip. He's, his trip is to Wall it's
1: Street. He's a bagless boob on a trip, but no, I got to take a trip to with Jimmy Buffett too. My dad was a huge parrot head, and and every morning, even the mornings when I was going to school to talk about this, and I think fucking tenth grade or something, every morning before school, he would say, "Don't be stupid today, honey. Are you gonna be stupid today? Don't." And I would say no, but
0: (laughs) today (laughs) I am a smarty pants. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Today I'm smart. T- tomorrow we will see what happens. But uh, there's a very famous scene in Gatsby where Daisy wishes that her daughter, do- her when she's, she's, she's a daughter, she says, "I hope she's dumb as hell and thin hot." And this was the apocryphally
0: less- a cop apocryphally taken from something that Zelda Fitzgerald said as she was coming out of anesthesia when Scotty was born.
1: She would. Wow. Yeah. That's a tough one, but no, but no. I think that this was wrong. <laughs> that this, what I learned is wrong. What I learned was wrong and what she's saying is right. That you should be a trembling buffoon at all times. Because if you do that, well, you're going to end up at a champagne party at a rich guy's house, dressed like a baby <laughs> for some reason. That's an actual scene in this book. And in conclusion, in conclusion to why I wanted to read this, I remembered the eyes, which everybody remembers the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckleberg that look over the novel and many of the covers. And it is really, really, really fucking funny that the America's Best logo is like the touchstone of this entire novel. That it's like Warby Parker watches over <laughs> us as the eyes of God. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, for all the walls, and to get to watch a new version, Leo DiCaprio version of the movie, which was not Shutter Island. I watched that first, mistakenly. (laughs) And that's why I wanted to read this book.
0: So today we're going to talk about race, in quotation marks, like the question of race and the other, the individual and Americanness. These are all in quotes, and awkwardness and the sort of affects and socialities that take place here so uh summary wise let's just go ahead and get into our rolls royce and get on the trolley and mark twain and other yeah. travel travely <laughs> travel metaphors
1: works on two levels yeah
0: we're going to the place uh you're with me and every high school senior's favorite book begins with our narrator the bagelly named nick carraway and <laughs> Him telling us all about how he is a big empath and involuntary therapist to everyone he knows. And people just tell him all of their business. And that's what a narrator is. That's mm-hmm, subtle. It's very good. Yeah. Nick is a Yale man and World War One veteran who comes to West Egg, Long Island to, quote, learn the bond business in 1922, which is an extremely great plan and nothing wrong with that idea Nothing bad ever happened. I mean,
2: he got seven years, you know. <laughs> like,
0: and the book's published I, in 1925. So even yeah. by the time it comes out, yeah. it's like, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Listen, don't give him a hard time. Don't give him a hard time. You said he's an empath. And I got a text from him that said he was at capacity right now. And did I have somebody <laughs> else? Does he have the bandwidth? Yeah, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's true. What a guy. So in West Egg, which is the lesser of the two eggs on Long Island. Uh okay. Nick finds himself living next to a guy who gives absolutely massive like Louis the 14th style parties in which women swing from chandeliers and like take their boobies out and like everyone is <laughs> drunk and faded as fuck. So Nick also has friends on East Egg, his cousin Daisy and her husband Tom who is a big dumb chad and i don't know how else to put it
2: no played by fucking bruce Dern in the 74 version which is like I mean, amazing right like yeah i i know I, I love bruce Dern. i'm just saying like that is not that character does not really fit with generally bruce Dern as a very kind of cerebral sort of actor but anyway he's the
1: only one i don't remember from that movie like, of course, do, you know, yeah. all the other ones are people, you know.
0: Is it worth watching in the way that like the Demi Moore Scarlet Letter is worth watching to watch your brain careen off the cliff that your brain has already been sitting at? Are you, are you talking about the Leo one or the? the- Either. Is it like, dude, like, I want to know if this is like my brain running into a wall and splattering in like a fun way.
2: I like the red. Like I actually thought the Redford Mia Farrow uh, Sam Waterston version is pretty dope. I thought the Leo version sucked ass, but
0: like you'll laugh a lot though. I think that's kind of what I want from it though. Like there were moments in Dune where I like it's hard to remember if it was laughing or just like what 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 yeah yeah
1: no it's not like when you watch um like Madam Secretary and get confused by how bad it is. It's like when you watch like dune and get confused by yeah. how ridiculous Now that's cool. Is. Okay.
0: I'm convinced. That's Tom. Tom's a big dumb chat. First turn in the movie. Um, <laughs> and they and all their friends are like spend all their time gossiping about Tom's sorry Nick's neighbor in the McMansion his name is Jay Gatsby because like I don't know maybe he might like maybe kill the guy or like he's Kaiser Willems nephew like these are things they say <laughs> and to quote my favorite movie the herb gardener thousand clowns he communicates with us almost entirely by rumor and this is cemented during a trip that tom and nick take to new york during which tom introduces nick to tom's mistress myrtle wilson and they get absolutely shitfaced at the apartment that tom and myrtle have for their liaison and among a bunch of these people's friends they regale each other with stories about people they know who are rich and what kind of rich and what they buy and how some lady comes to your apartment to check out your feed and like where did you buy that? And your dress is fancy and it's so pretty and no it's not and my hair looks stupid and rich people but shit.
2: Oh so this is the trip that Tom punches Myrtle in the face. Um just breaks her nose right after his uh diatribe on on how awesome race science is. So yeah, I mean just and I a completely odious piece of shit.
1: Yeah, it really comes out of nowhere. And it, because it does come right after the, the, there is the foot thing, the foot checker that can come to your house and check your feet. And that's so funny. That then you forget that something very bad happens right near it.
0: Right. <sighs> so once back in Long Island, Nick and his like, their relationship is hot. Friend, girlfriend, sporting lass, Jordan Baker, professional golfer, is, you are one is um, are invited to a party at Gatsby's the long last Nick and Gatsby meet like almost by accident they're sitting next to each other at a table and Gatsby invites him the next day to check out his hydroplane Tristan are you okay right now
2: yeah, I know that was dope. That was that was that was one one of my favorite parts of the novel. I was yeah. like, what?
0: <laughs> Tristan's so excited about the hydroplane. <laughs> I, Tristan's like, I'd hang out with Gatsby piece of shit, even if it's like <laughs> yeah. I need yeah. to go on a hydroplane. <laughs> and then as Nick is leaving the party, there's like the most foreshadowy foreshadowing that ever foreshadowed in which there's a car crash as people are trying to leave Gatsby's party because it's dark and they're all so fucking faded. And I, too, thought of Montgomery Clift. I assume all of you did. Or is this the guy who's having very big 1950s hours, as I always am?
1: (laughs) Um, He's a handsome devil.
0: Chapter four, in which people are visiting Gatsby's Orgy Palace on Sunday mornings. And... This isn't in the book, but you know how you know that? It's because there's a there's a shower with 12 shower heads, which is a real thing that exists in real rich people's houses, and I can only imagine it's for orgies.
2: I mean, yeah, what why else would you need such a thing? But- you don't need to get oh. that
0: clean all by yourself.
1: Mm. No, listen, I thought the same thing, and then I acquired six small ponies that I keep in the house.
0: <laughs> and they <laughs> <I> have these <some laughs> baths simultaneously.
1: <laughs> yeah, that you need to shower them
0: all together or they get scared. <laughs> On <laughs> yeah, yeah, those yeah. ponies yeah. Oh. um <laughs> and so like through nick we learn more about gatsby's sort of like rumored background or purported background he gatsby says he's from wealthy people in the middle west and he means san francisco which is not the midwest even a little bit yeah it's just the middle of the west coast like i don't yeah. know where the man has gone astray
1: He's technically right in a way I
0: didn't realize until you said that. Well, I mean, and- that's the only it's very much a technicality, like
2: let's be clear. Well, and it's also I think you should probably tell us with the context too, right? Like Fitzgerald was a Midwest guy. Like he was from, yeah, he's he from was Minnesota. From some, yeah, so I assume that like that, like some someone is being made fun of with that.
0: And Gatsby's also like a war hero. He has all these cool dope ass medals that he insists on showing everybody. Like, I don't know. And then Nick and Gatsby go to New York and have lunch or something with Meyer Wolfsheim who remind me who's based off of Tristan because I thought Lucky Luciano was the person who fixed the
2: uh no, Ar- Arnold Arnold Rothstein, Arnold Rothstein. and and also and but I also think so like and even because his name's Meyer, I figured Meyer Lansky, Meyer Lansky is Lansky. also who who he was thinking of. He, he's like a composite of of a lot of 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 Jewish uh, leaders of the kind of the the 1920s kosher organized.
0: Nostra as it's sometimes are called. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And Wolshim is he's doing business with Gatsby, which is all very sketchy in the book, right? Like, none of us care about this, but it's like, where's the money come from? I don't know, Jews. (laughs) Meyer Wolfsheim apparently has a misperception of Gatsby, which is that he describes him as a perfect gentleman and as having good breeding. So there's, like, these versions of recognition and misrecognition about Gatsby and the position into which he was born or not. So they, Nick, and Gatsby return to Los Cajones and Jordan tells Nick the story of Daisy and Gatsby that they met before the war and that Daisy married Tom when Gatsby was abroad. And it turns out that Gatsby has bought the giant mansion to be near Daisy. I'm sorry, what? Because he is an absolute sap for her.
2: Yeah. This is the uh, part of the novel that I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I could do, I could really do without, or just make it more interesting than it is, you know?
0: I mean, That's like, real, I'm I crushed think. out on somebody is the point of almost all novels, but, like, yeah. you have to make it
2: good. Well, and it's weird, too, because, I mean, it, like, Daisy, like, we do get the sense that, like, his main attraction to Daisy did have to do with, like, kind of class anxiety. It's like, oh, like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be with this woman. But then, it like so, which, they, okay, like, that actually fits with this kind of the, this weaving of sort of class anxiety that he's talking about. I think where it sort of goes off the rails is like that stops to be it, and it just becomes a very conventional like love triangle among rich assholes
0: thing. You know, (laughs) that's fair. So after this series of revelations that aren't really Gatsby convinces Nick to invite Daisy to tea, and we're in high school now, and Nick is being like a wingman and like get my friend to come to this party, Um, and by friend I mean cousin. Because, of course, it's his cousin. That's even more high school. And Nick leaves them alone for a while to flirt or whatever they're doing. And then when he comes back... They're like, we're in love, we're fancy, we're throwing shirts everywhere. And Nick sneaks out because he doesn't like watching fancy silk shirts being thrown asunder. <laughs> yeah. It really happens. They really throw his shirts around. I don't understand why, except yeah. that yeah. it's like rich, rich things cool. in the air. Yeah.
1: yeah it's the- one of those things where you just say, it seems like you're having a good time, you're not hurting <laughs> right. anybody. Right. So this is get
2: my it? thing. Yeah, Daisy has that great lie too, where she starts, she starts weeping, and Gatsby's like, "What's wrong?" And she's like, "I've never seen such beautiful
0: shirts." To throw that rips. It's so <laughs> it's so good, from <laughs> it's so Harry, good. I London, yeah. wherever they're from. Yeah,
1: but how dare how dare he, psychopath who won't leave his neighbor alone, judging anywhere he wants to sh- throw his shirts?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Right.
0: That's
1: true. That's they true. do suck, though. So yeah. it's a real trade-off we're having. That's true,
0: okay. So then we get like we keep getting these patchwork discussions of Gatsby's personal history. He, at some point in his life, like dedicated himself to making money after Daisy left him. So it's all quite shady, and all this rumoring continues at another party at Gatsby's. But at this one, Tom is there, unlike the last party. And so we're starting to not understand what the sort of like love triangle like what he knows tom is an asshole and also an idiot but like daisy and gatsby are being obvious but now that he and daisy are reunited gatsby cuts out the bacchanalia which sucks because everybody else loved it (laughs) Uh, get a girlfriend and get lame popular dude stops <laughs> having fucking yeah. parties like what the hell everybody was like making out in the bathrooms and now they can't do that anymore yeah
2: yeah, yeah no you're right it's like dude like ever since you got with her you've changed bad <laughs> you're not fun
1: <laughs> we used to you drink used beer to be until cool.
2: four of the morning and play you world know, yeah. <laughs>
1: <sighs> so
0: he and he's also replaced all his like you know reliable servants lovely lovely with friends of wolfsheim because basically he's like they can keep a secret um juice you know you know juice sure okay and then there's this like smaller sketchy get together in new york where we get this whole like there's a scene there's a scene caused in which gatsby tom and daisy like chest thump and dudes are gonna be dudes and this is another moment where Tom has his like marriage issues slide directly into racism which I'm going to cite in a second and after this like Gatsby and Daisy speed off back to Long Island but like this is a Scribner it's page 130 I just think it's important this is a you know oh they're having an affair everybody knows it now and Tom is like I suppose the latest thing is to sit back and let Mr. Nobody from nowhere make love to your wife. Well, if that's the idea, you can count me out. Nowadays, people begin by sneering at family life and family institutions, and, they'll, and next they'll throw everything overboard and have intermarriage between black and white. And flushed with his impassioned gibberish, he saw himself standing alone on the last barrier of civilization.
2: Yeah. What, uh, like, what? Just an absolute fucking piece of shit. But, like, what really trips me up at that scene, right, is that, like, Tom is sort of operating in, like, basically the set of tensions that we've understood the narrative to be operating in around, you know, the, like class anxieties, race anxieties. Gatsby, who also is motivated by those same things, like, that's why he goes out and makes all this money. So, like, th- this whole crisis is precipitated by he insists that Daisy declare that she never loved Tom. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Why would he care? Like that's not that's not how capital works. Capital doesn't
0: care why it starts to acquire and acquire. You know, oh, because like, it's the whole. That's the whole thing. Gatsby only cares about the back formation. Yeah, right. Well, but, but well, he like, wants
1: the non fungible. Like he wants the non fungible because he's so much of the fungible. He wants mm-hmm. it to not be exchangeable.
2: Okay. What you both said is like so much smarter than the way it is articulated in the novel, you know oh, what I yeah. Mean? Like
1: yeah,
2: like, ok. I, mean, I want to read is, this now. You know what I mean? so i want to
1: be I want to be the only one who's ever touched my lady, <laughs> even on like the arm or like even the leg. God forbid, I want no no, no butt touching. No
0: touching Okay, so they speed back off, and then we are in the car with Nick and Tom and Jordan. They're returning to Long Island, and they encounter this car accident that they come to realize has killed Myrtle Wilson, who is Tom's mistress. And it's like it's quite gross, but God, it's awful. it's actually kind of difficult to figure out the mechanics of it. At least for me, it was because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it hit her at this fast rate of speed, but. It cut her in half, which it doesn't. I don't know. It's like very strange. Yeah. It like
1: cut her. It like cut one of her tits off and then like gave her like a like a fucking like joker face yeah 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 what it's it's
2: extreme like
0: it's just it's so gruesome like it is one of those scenes that uh you turn a page and you're like oh holy shit like this got really gross like really bloody
1: just the violence of ripping and it oh it because it is like a murder crime scene like you think like you think like black dahlia like You You sort of like your brain goes there.
2: Uh, no, totally, and I also think the setting itself is so part. So it it takes like they the the Wilsons have this uh, garage gas station right in what's called the Valley of the Ashes, which is this wonder. Like I was so mad when I realized that this wasn't an actual place that Fitzgeralds was describing. Like that, but it, but I mean it, it it draws on that kind of like borderland between like the rich suburbs and kind of industry. But like yeah, it's it's like there are these piles of coal ashes everywhere, and just, everything's gray, and that's where this horrible like accident takes yeah. place.
0: So they've seen this quite grim accident and we learn that she was hit by gatsby's very sort of distinctive yellow car although we hear later that it was in fact daisy who hit myrtle because women drivers and gatsby of course will take the blame for this like this is what he tells nick is that he's like yes it was her but it's me and because it's whatever like uh, the right thing to do i don't know and nick sort of says like hey jay you might like want to leave town for a little bit because it might it might like simmer down and maybe everything will be okay but he won't of course because he can't leave daisy even though daisy is clearly never going to get with gatsby she's like picked tom and he's just got to be a big sad sack about it and then nick like doesn't want to leave gatsby alone because he he has this like oddly sort of maternal relation to him. But he takes the train into New York because um, I guess it's important to this novel that he continue to have a job at this point for some reason. <laughs> he does the Bonds. Yeah. It's good Bonds. He's on Robin Hood all day. He's on the Robin Hood. <laughs> <sighs> and then the end of Chapter 8 and all of Chapter 9 are like super fucking odd because we get Nick narrating almost in third person like this is coming from someone else like there are scenes that he can't have witnessed um we learn that michaelis who works with george wilson who is myrtle's husband had tried to comfort george you know in his grief george having figured out that myrtle has been having an affair although he doesn't know with whom assumes that the person who hit her was her mystery boyfriend so George Wilson travels to West Egg and finding Gatsby floating dreamily in the pool. He shoots him before killing himself. And then in the final chapter, of course, we get a final chapter because we can't just close on a death and let it go. Tells us that he's writing from post facto from two years later. And Nick has taken it upon himself to plan Gatsby's funeral. But now that, you know, the beautiful are damned, no one wants to come to the funeral until Nat- Nick tracks down Gatsby's dad, of all people, who has also been overwhelmed by the sort of appearance of wealth that Gatsby has had and sort of sent him money. And it's, it's also now that, that in the way that his past is opaque to everyone we know in the novel, his present is completely opaque to his father.
1: And he reads about it in the paper that he died, right? Like in the Chicago paper. Mm
0: -hmm. And we end the book with one of those extremely famous passages. He says, This is Nick's voice, Gatsby believed in the green light, the orgastic future that year by year recedes before us. It eluded us then, but that's no matter. Tomorrow we will run faster, stretch out our arms farther. And one fine morning, so we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past.
2: Uh, this raises then, really, in light of what we were just talking about, really interesting questions about how the novel wants us to think about past present and future right because you guys that both said like the Gatsby mainly cares about the back formation that that's the thing he wants right that 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 would like reify like this thing that he's created oh, all of which makes sense but like uh, th- it, yeah and I, I like I definitely think that you know I'm, I'm convinced that that is implicit in, like his, his fixation on exactly how Daisy has to accept him but like here's this claim and we have a lot of claim, that he is like he's future directed not past directed so I think there's an interesting like tension that, and then you know where caraway there at the end for it points back to the past but the other thing i wanted to draw into that was um when nick contacts meyer wolfsheim and's like why don't you come to the funeral and, and wolfsheim's like yeah fuck that he's like the guy's dead i don't like i don't yeah. get involved like i uh you know I'll, I'll do anything for my friends essentially when they're alive after they're dead yeah. that's no longer my business and right. so that's like that also is kind of a very sort of like present focused thing you know but but anyway so yeah like i i don't know i just i don't really have a thought there other than like that tension between is gatsby past directed is he future directed and also these other figures that very much insist on being in the present like how those those layers sort of overlap with each other you know
1: yeah he's like a man of the he's like the man of the time throwing the big parties of the like characteristically big parties of the time but he also is like he's a big baby. Like he's a big baby. Like when Nick says you can't have the pass back, he says, Yes, you can. Like, yeah, yeah I can have yeah. the pass back. I can redo it. I have a time machine. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. But there's also this thing right above, uh, above on the page of the last, uh, before that final paragraph that you read to us. And uh, Nick is saying, I became aware of the old island here that flowered once for Dutch sailors' eyes, a fresh green breast of the new world, its vanished trees, the trees that had made way for Gatsby's house, had once pandered in whispers to the last and greatest of all human dreams. For a transitory enchanted moment, man must have held his breath in the presence of this continent, compelled into aesthetic contemplation he neither understood nor desired face-to-face for the last time in history with something commensurate to his capacity for wonder." So like weird like wanking about all of America, well, all of U.S. Yeah. history
0: as like a series of encounters with the beautiful.
1: Yeah, but you have to end where you began. Yeah, like you have you have to end yeah. where you have to make the circle come around.
0: Right, and that's what the that's also the like boats, right? So it's like we are pushing against the current, right? So they're always trying to move forward, but then like bounced back.
2: Yeah, but, but I think it it they're. There is like some, uh, I don't know, like some ambivalence or equivocation too, though, because like one thing I was thinking – as you guys were reading those passages was that uh a claim like that the past and the future are equally fictional yes. right that like yeah. you you in the same way you imagine the future is the same way you imagine a narrative about what the past is not okay Gatsby allegedly this poor farmer from North Dakota or wherever the fuck but he that he wants to recreate himself as this like member of like the American uh you know upper class but that that is the same project as imagining the future but yet like we have this and and also like that the you know like the the Dutch sailors like green log like this kind of like fantastic version of like kind of colonial history that's presented but that that idea being beat constantly back right but there is also the weight of history that like in some ways can't be overwritten so like we had you know we anyway that's that's a really interesting i guess like kind of ambivalence or maybe tension there to me
0: totally i mean and i think tom not tom excuse me nick or the book is like has completely led us in the direction that like the past is crucial there's no like you know you can't shake it off you can't not have it you can't right and so like Gatsby is trying to make it Who's doing some kind of weird future anterior right so he's like the version of me that was would have been yeah and so that's yeah, yeah. right but like the book that sees it differently or else he Nick wouldn't have to tell us in the beginning like my parents came over on the Mayflower and they had money even though it was in this other part of the country but I still yeah. went to Yale and yeah. Um. And so, I'm the context is basically two small pieces here. I will do the sort of inevitable Fitzgerald biography, the real abbreviated version, which is that he was born in Minnesota in 1896 and educated at um, the finest university in all wow. the land.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the your cue, Katie. <laughs> okay.
1: The very finest, finest, the nicest, goodest one. The nicest, the goodest best. one with just decide whatever one you think is the best there is a right answer
0: <laughs> there's only one and it's not yale
2: nor <laughs> and, and yeah. is it harvard it's the other one it's
0: the other one
1: <laughs> no it, it, it's the other other one if you think of another one
0: <laughs> if you see people at an academic setting and they're wearing an orange robe like a fucking yeah. chud yeah. that's where they went. If they look like a motherfucking tangerine.
2: The the one where noted white supremacist Woodrow Wilson was once president, opposed to all the other uh, Ivy Leagues that had white sure,
0: supremacists. are not at all president. white supremacists. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's where Scott Fitzgerald went. And he did join the army in the First World War, but he served on military bases in the US and was a big Fat baby, about how he didn't get to go to the front like his big boy bravest mustachioed friend Ernest Hemingway. They, I don't want to talk about Hemingway too much. They had a lot of dick fights, but yeah. apparently it's in a feast. There's a part where like Zeldas make fun of Scott Fitzgerald's penis, and Hemingway's like, "Damn, damn do those people have problems?" <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, he do- Ernest Hemingway looking at you and being like.
0: You're you're fucked you up. Got some dick issues, bro. <laughs> Doesn't he?
2: Because yeah. Fitzgerald's all like weepy about it. Doesn't way Like, all right, pull it out, and and Fitzgerald does. It. He's like, you're fine.
0: <laughs> he says it's average and bigger than the statues than the Louvre. I
1: think that's what it is. That's what it is. Oh,
0: Thank man. you for all these details about F. Scott Fitzgerald's wang Like, I yeah. really was doing perfectly fine. Yeah. That
1: is damning a dick with faint praise bigger than the statue <laughs> in the blue. God, also,
0: like, nobody fucking asked you, dude, like, just keep your dick in your pants and stop being such a whiner.
1: Yeah, like, if he, because he cared about it. He showed oh, him. Yeah, for he sure. He cared yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, This is, This is on F. Scott. This is on <laughs> Scott. A
0: hundred percent. And then while he was in the military, he was serving at Fort Sheridan, and he met major figure wife person zelda Sayre, who he would marry um she's also an essayist and a novelist and basically you all know the story of them and they were creatively opposed clashing jealous whatever however you want to take it after fitzgerald published this side of paradise in 1922 and they moved to new york they became celebrities for being the drunkest people in the entirety of New York City and that is a, a wonderful. They got kicked yeah. out of hotels like every other day. Yeah. yeah. Do you have to do
1: to get kicked out of a hotel in New, in New the York 20, when you're famous. In the
0: one. 20- yes.
1: Yeah,
2: I know. I, I love I love to the other part of a, a movable feast that I I really remember is when Ernest Hemingway Ernest Hemingway says, "Guys, I I think Scotty had a drinking
0: problem." Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway.
2: (laughs) Oh man, that's
1: like that's like the guy at the office who's like, "Do you think Dave is an alcoholic?" (laughs) It's like, "Yes." What What do you think? We've all been like, (laughs) 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 did you
0: not know that?
2: There was also a period of about three months where there, where there was a bar in Wilmington, Delaware, called Ernest and Scotts, because F- Fitzgerald bought a, a, like a house in Wilmington for a brief period of time. They're like, "Oh, heavy way," and Fitzgerald, dra- you know, drank here, and it's like, "Yes, name your bar after two dangerous alcoholics,"
0: you know, like
2: that's that definitely makes me want to throw some back in your place. I
0: got it. <laughs> I got a drink there. It doesn't sound even remotely sad.
2: No, not at all. <sighs>
0: Uh, And then after that, they moved to Paris in 1924 and fell in with what can only be described as a bunch of fucking scenesters. And I really mean like Ernest Hemingway and Gertrude Stein and all those scenester pieces of shit. Pablo Picasso. (laughs) Fighting, fucking, yelling, screaming, throwing things, jumping in fountains, in general being them. And then they returned to the U.S. He publishes Gatsby in 1925. And then they returned to the U.S. in 1926. So he could write a screenplay, which he didn't. And in his... (laughs)
1: He's he's much like everyone who said they were going to write a screenplay in
0: that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not great at doing that. And while in the U.S., like, okay, again, I think everybody knows this. But, like, in an effort... To help Zelda treat her mental illness, and I think he is to blame for a lot of this, but it's also – it's hard to locate that on somebody who is dead and I don't really know anything about. She was frequently institutionalized. Um, She eventually died in a fire at Highland Hospital, which killed a bunch of other women. It's really so fucked up. Yeah, he was also drinking like a person with a full death wish at this point and was also in and out of hospitals all the time because he would have alcohol-related health problems because he had a substance use disorder. And so, you know, what better time to move to Hollywood as one modernist after another does when they won't, they're will not they too drunk to write novels, Bill Faulkner etc so he very half-heartedly tried to write scripts and his health was so shitty that he just couldn't do it and our better than dead podcast heroine Anita Luz was called <laughs> in to finish the red-headed woman because Fitzgerald shot the bed trying to adapt it um, as we all know now of course it's like <laughs> this is a great movie and Luz has like 40 something screenplay credits because yeah. uh, she is the real unappreciated modernist as far as I'm concerned
2: yeah no you're here he died in
0: 1940 but really just read a needle loose
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. no for real do that.
2: Oh, yeah re- re- read a needle
0: loose she's wonderful so that's the bio there's a lot I could do right like this is just one of those books that I didn't even know how to do the fucking research have you guys like we've all been in this position where it's like I don't even know where to start frankly like yeah. Anyway, yeah. but like, I am sort of interested in how to think about the canonization of this novel or like why it is the AP lit test best boyfriend forever. Like, I looked up references to it and exams, and it's this and Hamlet, and I think maybe Romeo and Juliet. It's like the things that are so obvious that everybody references in their essays when you can pick from this list of like 80 things. It has actually always had a mixed reception because the plot is so um stupid and (laughs) but a lot of these like you know mid-century guys who did this canon work thought it was important because it you know and this is trilling of course inevitably comes to stand in for america itself Like, fine. Okay, fine. What does that even mean? Uh, Never mind. (laughs) Just forget I said anything. It means like whatever an AP lit test thinks it means. You know what I'm saying? It's like it doesn't really mean anything for us. It just means something in a like greeting card way. Right.
1: Yes. It is just, I love, I just, I do love when, when, it's like it is America. Yeah. No, I won't elaborate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the whole the whole fucking like idea of like the great American novel. It's like just fuck off. <laughs> just fuck off
0: with your Jack London, Buck of the Wild, whatever you yeah. want to call that more yeah. taking your dick out to be cold.
2: Yeah. Ugh,
0: God. <sighs> okay. So, uh and then H L Mencken who said wrong things to Anita Luz, so I hate him too. He's also like super ambivalent about it. He says both that It is in form no more than a glorified anecdote and not too probable at that. But he also remarks on the charm and beauty of the writing. Fiedler says both that Fitzgerald is a fictionist with a second rate sensitive mind, which he steals from Tennyson, and a weak gift for construction is pushed into the very first rank of American novelists where it becomes hard to tell his failures from his successes. And then he says there's always the style of the details. The glow and motion of the close of Gatsby or the opening of Tender as the Night, those wonderful approaches and fade outs. You know, canon formation is actually like an extraordinarily interesting thing, but I didn't really know that everybody was like. Mm. also yay but uh, like that that's like that. the consensus on the great Gatsby is like it's good and bad
2: yeah I mean it's weird because that's kind of my that's kind of my
0: take on it yeah I I mean I super get that but that's why it's good it's
1: good the badness of it is you can't yeah I think there's a sort of there is a point that Fiedler's making to say that you can't tell his failures from his successes because sometimes it's like are you trying to be funny or not right right i can't tell if that's a joke or you're serious right i don't care but i don't know
0: i think it's like also that it's partly nick whose narration is so weird that you're just like "Uh, uh, 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 uh." right and not in the way that bartleby is funny because it's like Fuck you and everyone you know. Yeah, well, because, I mean, Nick,
2: like, wants to think of himself as this outsider. And he's, like, he's from the same shitty-ass class of people as all these fuckers. I mean, he's doing this. Yeah, anyway. But
0: But, just sort of at the end of this, it's, like, it seems like its canonization is produced by this sort of group of, like, liberal critics in the 40s and 50s. And I think a bunch of that is, like, an investment in Americanness that seems intensified in that moment mid-century liberalism is absolutely an indefensible position i want to make that clear this is not like (laughs) oh when liberalism was good like no 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 yeah yeah this is like a version of nationalism that is needing to be reformed
1: yeah it's like fancy flag humping that's all it's like it's just it's just a tie you know you got a tie on while you flag hump well, uh, yeah. yeah and you've got elbow patches and shit like that's all it is
2: yeah and and i mean like what is so annoying about the idea of the great american novel is that for one thing it presumes that america was ever one thing or could ever be one thing which is just i mean which is fucking liberalism you know <laughs> but,
0: mm-hmm. or that it was always america or that america yes. is a thing yes like yes the right or stability. that america is even
2: a fucking thing yeah exactly
0: Who has been to two states that thinks america is a yeah, thing yeah i know have you been to Texas and Connecticut? How are you doing now? <laughs> yeah.
2: Have you been to two different cities in Texas, yes. like you know
0: <laughs> totally. Have you been uh, to Lubbock? Is that America? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so is fucking Austin, so is San Antonio, so is fucking El Paso, you know.
0: Totally. I mean, even the use of the word America doesn't actually mean the United States anyway. Doesn't matter. (laughs) to These fucks in the middle of the 20th century trying to be liberals about books. Yeah. (sighs) They were doing the West Wing about books. Uh, They were. I bet the West Wing people love the fuck out of this book because it's about like, (laughs) America, so good.
1: There is actually a. I don't know, like an F plot. I don't know what's beyond a B plot. That is actually that one of the guys on West Wing's dad is a um, is a Jewish gangster in the in the mold of it, like Meyer it's a Gatsby-esque, It's a Gatsby esque thing. It's like to, to, yeah. Anyway, I won't get into it. But there's some th- yes, I think that Sorkin has read the Gatsby <laughs> too. I can't so. imagine
0: that Sorkin doesn't like have 20 copies of The Great Gatsby and just like humps them all.
1: The most psychotic person I've ever met in my entire life is favorite novel *The Great Gatsby*.
2: Same. I'm serious. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Yes. I also know a psycho who loves this. Yeah.
1: yeah. Th- this person is such such a psycho that a random person, when asked about this person describe the person as a miserable motherfucker without having any other (laughs) the most miserable motherfucker he ever met Uh, uh, without having any other context Uh
0: (laughs) yeah that sounds right to me so we okay so like this book has an entangled race and class series of questions that i think we should get into and while i am not going to refer to him by his full name because i don't want to (laughs) <laughs> Major literary critic of our moment, some guy, talks about this in our America, how terms like breeding um, serve as a kind of switching point where the progressive novels discourse of class will be turned into the post-war novels discussion discourse of race. And he means post-World War One. And that's a way for us to potentially talk about Gatsby is that like class designations that seemed – relatively uh identifiable also get mapped onto and entangled with race questions and that's like that's like all nested in what fucking tom says you just like let your wife fuck this guy from nobody from nowhere that's the same as like interracial marriage well right and i mean it's just it's
1: just such a it's a little glimpse into the mind of the racist nut case because What he's saying is, maybe quite obviously, it's okay if somebody fucks my wife. Just another rich person. Yeah, I just need to know their genealogy. I need them to log on to Ancestry.com and then it's okay if they fuck my wife. Like, that's how ludicrously stupid it is
2: yeah no totally and, and i think too i mean like the one where the kind of like like americanist like uh east coast anxiety too there comes in it is, is that like i mean with, i think one one point that the novel definitely makes is that like what wolfsheim and gatsby did to make their money is no fucking different in kind than what a lot of oh, other people yeah. you know like the, the the tom buchanan set did but 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 i think like that that idea that like no and we've talked about this on other shows the, like this this American anxiety of the, of the like the, the upper kind of bourgeoisie that they're not an aristocracy that they don't have these deep like roots like oh my great great my great my great 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 grandfather was with William the Ca-, that fucking odious like European bullshit that they don't have so like what they become super obsessed with is whiteness right and like mm-hmm. and, and and really kind of defending those boundaries and, and that those so those can't be class attacked because they they know that they are not a uh, an upper class that you Europeans would recognize as such, right? Like, because they're not a fucking aristocracy. So, but so like, they, uh, which is a deep, a deep source of anxiety, and that they, they replace that then with this, like, this, this, like, overtly kind of, like, racialized logic about, like, well, but we're, okay, but fine, but we're this, like, and like, yeah, my, my ancestors were on the fucking Mayflower or whatever, you
0: know? Right, and Gatsby's, uh, like, it's all these things added together that make him, like, somehow not white but definitely white, but like not quite right. And so it's association with Wolfshine. but it's also like he doesn't have a certain kind of pedigree except that which he has put together. Right. So he has like medals and, and that makes him a war hero. Right. Or he's gone to, he said he's gone to Oxford, but he went on like a five week program in the same way that Mariah Carey went to Harvard.
2: Yeah. And
0: yeah. she did. Oh, I didn't know that was For crazy. five weeks for a training like in the business school or something. So his pre- pedigree is manufactured and everybody cares about it except us, the reader, or is that mm-hmm. not true?
1: I think, well, it's like you don't care about if you're the reader, like you don't really give a rat's ass about his pedigree, but you do want to know what the thing is. We want to know what the like, mystery is, right? Th- yeah. Yeah. So I think in part it's not one of these stories about like you come to a a small town and there's an outsider and you don't know where they came from. It's like you're on Long Island and this fancy rich guy arrives and you're like interested in him and you wanna know what like you wanna you wanna know more about him and I think that you're supposed to actually think that it's cool that this is where Gatsby came from. Yeah. Like it's not supposed to be like I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, it's, it seemed like that. Like it's supposed to be sad, yet like it makes him tragic and deep and cool, kind of. What's well, much like,
0: cooler when he maybe killed a guy than when he is like, you know, he just made money. By association with these criminals.
2: Yeah. Well he right. He he beco- he becomes like the the first mate of like this dipshit yachtsman who almost like over <laughs> shipwrecks on the coast of Minnesota. But and then he and then but yeah, Wolfsheim takes him under his wing and they 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 set up a chain of like drugstores stores that sells alcohol kind of over yeah. the counter. Yeah.
0: He's a bootlegger. Well,
2: yeah, hey, also, like, oh, bootlegger, you mean, like, fucking Joe Kennedy, you know what I mean? Right. No, like, totally, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean, in some ways, the the overlap between, like, what the Tom Buchanan said did is literally no different from what Gatsby had, had done. Yeah. Really,
1: what, was anyone around for the Gilded Age? Like, what? Yeah, I know, right. Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> I know, exactly.
0: Like, oh, I guess we're doing this again. That was 20 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah like, we ju- we were just at that party. We all got typhoid fever. Yeah.
2: Right, right. But Caraway's, like, party line to Gatsby right before Gatsby's murder, like, you're worth the whole damn lot of them put together. Like, I actually think that is, like, a you know, from the book's perspective, a sincere line. And- I think so, too. Like Wolfshime, and I don't mean to face like the sort of anti uh, Semitic ways that Wolfshime's described. Like in the fact that he has like uh, uh, cufflinks made out of human molars and shit like that. Like he's a, I mean, he is a fucking gangster, right?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
2: But I actually think he is a much more sympathetic character th- in the book's terms than, you know, most of the other like rich assholes. And like, yeah, like, hey, actually, like Gatsby in some way, quote, unquote, worked for not to like validate that line of thought either, but like worked for this in a way that like certainly like Tom and Nick, frankly, never did. You know that that is that is a uh, part of it. Um, also, there, My edition references this argument by uh, Carlisle Van Thompson that like wants to like to, in terms of like gatsby sort of like racialization that like his estates 40 acres like that kind of that resonance um and and and, oh. and yeah like that he's dead to his family that kind of, yeah and that anyway like I, I in addition to the sort of like the um the jewish connections there there have been critics who have also argued that that, that uh, there are other ways too in which like his his race is made kind of ambiguous right yeah like there's then. more
0: than one person who says that Gatsby is C- could be read as a jewish name it's not exclusively right. a jewish name it's very much like an open question this is not a like the book isn't saying like oh we can we can trace it but yeah. it's saying like but maybe like right. it right so right. so this is like we were having this it wasn't an argument at all but via text earlier today which is like um having that character played in a movie by someone who has no Racialized ambiguity is <laughs> kind of a mistake, right? Like yeah. it would be much more interesting and reflect our current obsession with the racial trace. Yeah, to raise it
2: for sure. Like I, I fucking love Robert Redford, but yeah, like that's a, that is a lazy ass way to cast that role for sure
0: because it doesn't do any analytic work, right? So so it yeah. can't it can't pose a question because yeah. that's not what it's trying to do. That's not what that specific adaptation is doing. Yeah.
1: I think that's part of the challenge of adapting this thing mm-hmm. is that, like, you would want to, because Gatsby's supposed to be a cipher and also pathetic and sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if you, like, you want to make him Robert Redford because he's sad. Right. Like, I think that that's why you want to make him, like, I, I don't know. You want to, like, psst, you want to put him on some firm ground by making him Robert Redford. Yeah. Like you don't want to introduce those questions because if you're introducing those questions, then what you're doing is exposing Gatsby as a failure before he unravels himself.
2: Yeah.
0: Or even more of a success, I would say that it's like in the moment in which all of us are working, you know, somebody who we know to be Jewish or somebody who's like a light-skinned Asian American is working at this like, functional question of where race gets delineated and so right so like a certain kind of i don't mean scrapper but somebody who like made their own money Mm -hmm. that the question of their race or ethnicity might actually be much more interesting right now in a more explicit way yeah for sure yeah i i just think the
1: input like it would be a way more that's a way more interesting thing to engage with I, I think that the reason why the adaptations have shaken out the way they have, aside from the other, like just Hollywood is racist and they just want like a fa- and you just For want sure. like a famous, yeah, yeah, yeah. most yeah. famous white guy you can get your hands on. Yeah.
0: And they have to be like sexy. And I put that in quotation marks. Like, right. Like, I have no attraction to Leonardo DiCaprio, but I understand like what the, what the task is. Yeah
2: with uh with dicaprio specifically i was thinking again that that does nothing to sort of like draw in the kind of ambiguities that we've we've uh taught, said that the book does i do think though like the, uh, his role as the wolf of wall street which actually was after the movie like that like if he had played gatsby that way that would have been interesting the only thing i would yeah. say the problem with that is like jordan Belfort, like in that movie is like a villain maybe an anti-hero but definitely in that and i don't think gatsby is i don't even think gatsby's an anti-hero i think he's like kind of a tragic hero you know like
1: he's a just he's a dead guy in a pool yeah like he's a dead Mm -hmm. rich guy in a pool that's
2: like no yeah and as you said like the the sadness like he might not honestly even rise to like the level of like the kind of like the, the hero like he's he's kind of yeah he's because there is – I mean, he seems like he's that, but he's he's just so beset by his insecurities and, um, yeah, just kind of like, yeah, this, this sort of pathetic interest in this. He's
0: only the hero of the novel for Nick, who is right. not, for us, who produces an a very awkward proxy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think. I think that there's like not – I don't think this is like a natural relationship between us as readers and this fucking narrator who's so weird, right? Like I don't, I don't attach myself and uh, this is a first person problem and this is like a, a 20th century problem, but even like third person earlier, you know, Tristan, I know that you're for so familiar with this like 18th century reader relationships with primary characters i have no problem living with elizabeth bennett no oh god you know, no. i'm like fucking no. hey i'm there she's my proxy no problem.
2: no definitely but no why would you want to be jay gatsby or fucking nick carraway like they're both kind of like weirdness um and, and nor i've certainly and no one else i mean jesus christ tom buchanan can you fucking imagine like but
1: uh, oh my God! Is the sun getting hotter yeah, or colder? Yeah, yeah. Or he get confused about point. Like, what's going to destroy the world? Is the hot, su- the hot sun or the cold? sun?
2: My racist panic has made me concerned that the earth is going to fall into the sun. <laughs> yeah, the <light. laughs> I'm, 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 my
1: I'm, racism is destabilizing
0: the, the music of the spheres. Don't so fuck like, my wife, please. Unless you're whiter than me, then fuck away. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <right. laughs> Let me go play polo. That'll that'll calm me down. I'll oh, show him. Yeah. But um,
1: you can plow well, like a cornfield to show me you're twenty three and me. <laughs> that's good
0: (laughs) but i do think that it's like it's that gatsby is the hero for him and we're offered this narrator who isn't our proxy because he's so fucking awkward that you go into any conversations following nick and he's like hi i have job job bonds how are (laughs) you daisy you look tired yeah i know <laughs>
1: are you sick i didn't hate that <laughs> that's not,
0: I mean, but he's so katie you're right this is like a also a book about like awkwardness
1: i think that's the fundamental like for me that's like the fundamental goddamn thing it was like i was like oh i didn't know that at all
2: can i ask one question related to that i, I know we need kind of turn to the game soon but like i do wonder like the lens of queerness right that might also go to both awkwardness and the sort of like you know the ambiguity around like kind of gatsby's own origin I, and so i mean a few things like to point point. one nick's um obsession with gatsby right i mean like in all like just kind of like real attraction similarly gatsby's like uh, relationship with Nick, which is like filtered through this, oh, it's because he wants to get close to Daisy, but in a way that doesn't fully kind of square the circle with me, there is that one moment like uh, at that that horrible scene after Tom punches Myrtle, where where Nick goes, it's, it's almost a throwaway line, but Nick goes home with uh, with one of the, uh, Mr. McKee, who's one of the guests at the party, and there's just this, they're in the elevator, and then there's an ellipses, which is always something to pick up on, and I was standing beside his bed, and he was sitting up between the sheets clad in his underwear with a great portfolio in his hand beauty hmm. and the beast loneliness old grocery house brooklyn bridge he's he, the guy's showing him like he's like he's a photographer then i was lying half asleep in the lower a uh, cold lower level of the pennsylvania station staring at the morning tribune and waiting for the four o'clock train i just like combined that with i did i mean like nick's like very also strange relationship with um with uh, jordan, jordan baker yeah. where he gets like and he gets really mad at her for reasons that i don't fully understand i just i just wonder if if something about around kind of sexuality and attraction that doesn't map on to the like hyper kind of heteronormative masculinist ethos of some characters also might not her be a sexuality
0: part of, is in question i think too yeah
2: yeah and right so i mean like maybe just as pertains to nick maybe nick and gatsby but i also think like awkwardness i mean in the sense of like not fitting in with some some social set of codes I just I, I don't know if I have much more to do with that but I did want to like kind of at least raise it as a another layer here
1: yeah and it's always about the question it's always about the fact that you ask the question it doesn't really matter how much of an answer you can make but the but the fact is the book is asking you
0: to ask
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: sending out all kinds of like it's it's giving you symbols or it's giving you paths to take And it's only yeah that I had never thought of that before that it's more important that you ask the question and also that you like there's always a certain blockage where Nick is trying to like get to something and we're like cut off from you know he gives you all this cause 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 and then you know like effect is just like something that like blows up in our face. Right. So his attraction to Gatsby, however we want to view that, and I think it's like polyvalent, is like, oh, he's so um, magnetic, right? Yeah. But like, what's the effect of that magnetism? Well, it's that, you know, dudes who think he fucked their wives are going to kill him. Right.
1: And it's also like his attraction to Gatsby is about the fact that he like called him old sport, and he thought that was nice. Yeah, like yeah. he thought, like he he like will do something sort of like. Well, actually, I think that um, Nick thinks that he is he he pities him, and the moment that he pities him, he loves him. Yes, yeah. I agree.
2: Yeah. And, and he, like he yeah. doesn't
1: know who he is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No,
2: no. I was just going to say, there's also that early moment when he says that Gatsby had like a smile that you like you only encounter like three or four times. It just instantly puts you at ease, which like, I mean, to one that, OK, so that's a kind of the feature of the con man. Right. But that's also like, I mean, that is like a, a, a sort of like a charismatic figure that is almost immediately then undercut by all of the anxieties that we see like president in Gatsby. Mm-hmm. So he, he 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 shifts very quickly from that sort of um, kind of object of desire for like even the narrator into the object of pity right
1: and yeah absolutely and i think also for somebody who feels weird and bad and out of place any fucking person who smiles at you is going to have a smile that like lights up like a thousand sunshines you know like he happened to also be the fancy rich guy because this is a novel and that's how that goes but that like fondness is the is just is in a way so pedestrian it's like i love this guy because he was nice to me once and then i got to feel like i was better than him and i wrote a book about
0: it yeah yeah well and he has to meet him sitting next to him at a table by accident right or else it would be (laughs) like hi i'm nick i like job uh, <laughs> this Daisy you know, like he couldn't do it yeah. right he yeah. has to like be engaged in this conversation by like forces of beyond his control yeah by happenstance I am impressed like when I read the critics on this they all have the same impulse that I do which is like this is an incredibly technical novel mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons it has a sort of like thin plot yeah.
1: yeah. There's a great reason there's a great reason you read it in high school cuz it teaches you how to read.
0: Exactly, yeah. right? And that's no, what I does. mean by like all the books we read in high school have like a very specific blunt project even yeah. if that's bad. So like if you read the scarlet letter cuz you're looking for symbols, you're not going to have much fun, but it's teaching you to do a thing.
2: Yeah. No, and 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 look, I mean, I you know, I still think the Daisy uh Tom Gatsby Plot is handled doppily, but I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton here, right? And I mean, there's there is definitely a layer that like a high school senior is absolutely going to get about like outsideriness or something. But then there's all these other and and very historically located too, like you know oh, yeah. uh, concerns of the you know race and class and and gender and sexuality and a lot of other things uh, that cohere. So no, it's I mean, it's look, it's yeah. I, I and I did enjoy it. I do want to be on the record to say it, but <laughs> I did enjoy rereading it for sure.
0: It's just, I think it's worth at least pointing out when something has this sort of like, it's actually hard in some ways to parse a very tech, a highly technical novel. Yeah. You know, this ain't no Castle of a Toronto. No, yeah.
1: It's, it's hot. You're totally right. It's like highly technical, but it's not complicated. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. Well, the writing's not complicated, right?
1: No, yeah. The right, I don't think the, the sentences aren't complicated. The plot's not complicated. Uh, there are some things that are murky, but none of yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, I see what you mean. Right, right
0: that yeah. sounds right to me. All right, let's 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 go game game stop. GameStop, we're going to GameStop.
1: Okay, no, we're not going to GameStop. We are going to Warby Parker because you're going to try on some frames today. We're going to f- see what fits your face. <laughs> and Tristan wears contact gonna... lenses. Well, you're getting some glasses too today because I... we're playing a imagination is fun to do. Here just I
0: are just being owls over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I yeah, I know I, I would I the reason I don't wear my glasses more often right now is because the fucking mask won't stay on my face with the bridge. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: What? No. They you can band-aid it, and band-aid it and it keeps <laughs> it real good. Or um
0: paint painter's tape.
2: Oh, okay. All oh. right. Well, ho- hopefully, That's- fingers crossed, it won't be an issue for that much longer anyway, but...
0: I hope that it's occasionally an issue in our lives for flu-related purposes.
2: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to fucking wear yes. the mask on the subway from here on out. Like, just... Why not? No, particularly totally. during... Particularly during cold and flu season, you know? Like, I, I have very much loved not having a cold in the past 18 months. I just wish that hadn't coincided with, you know, fucking horrible plague besetting the humanity. No,
0: exactly. But I am... Otherwise very happy. Yeah. Yes, part part. Alright,
2: so Warby Parker. Okay.
1: Okay. So the four the four cardinal directions in Great Gatsby are epic flapper party, batshit, moping, and lurking. Mm-hmm. Which way do you go? Those are the those are the cardinal directions on the compass. Which way do you go?
2: Oh fuck. Um batshit. I mean, Tristan. I want to say epic flapper party, but the truth and I think moping, I say Tristan. what's that? I mean, mean, I think moping? moping is I think moping is kind of <laughs> more my actual speed. Uh, and the sad truth is that epic flapper parties would make me, um, you know, very uh, it would draw my antisocial tendencies. But I'm going to be fun for this episode. And I'll say the <laughs> the, the epic flapper party.
1: Cool. Right. i i'll be i'll be there until like 11 or midnight look, I'll, or I'll leave like at 7 30. I,
2: I have been I, yeah with that still I mean that that that's my actual vibe uh at 7 30 p.m um I right that's what we're talking but uh I, <laughs> yeah I, we're t- I have I have been to a fucking parrothead Jimmy Buffett concert where many many uh many uh you know women in their 50s and 60s were really <laughs> were really throwing down so
0: <laughs> they'll rip it up all yeah, night long yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, the idea of a party now that I have an 18-month-old and a know, pandemic is exhausting. like, oh, what like, now? Yeah, it sounds exhausted, yeah. The,
1: the idea of a party with this mental health, I mean, give me a <laughs> right break. <exactly>. Um,
0: <laughs> do you have bowls full of benzos available? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, okay, question two. We're fitting you for some frames today. I just want just, to just need to know, what do you think about your neighbor A neighbor, I hardly knew her. B, never met him, but I think he's about to be my new best friend. I'm normal. (laughs) C, hate to alarm you, but I think he's fucking your wife, old sport. (laughs) Or D, we're all neighbors. The whole world is an egg to me.
2: I mean, I think I think we know that I'm A. Like I can't even pretend with this (laughs) one,
0: right? (laughs) uh d we're all neighbors
1: oh wow okay <laughs> love it
2: the the weed hours answer right
0: the anarchism yes. hours
1: answer
0: <laughs> <laughs> why not both
1: <laughs>
2: uh, i mean i had no judgment um, oh. either way i'm just you know the the anti-social commie over here <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a common. I like
1: community uh, as long as I don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> there are parts of
0: the commons in which there is no talking. <laughs>
1: Can I have my silent time in the commons, please? No. <laughs> you're a little too close to me in the commons. Um, okay, here's question three. In the family system, who are you? And remember, you're getting glasses. A, stepdad. B, baby Yoda. C, adult baby in champagne glass, or D, the guy that lives next door. I don't know how he keeps getting in without a key.
0: Adult baby.
2: Um, what? Wait, what? What was the? What was the first one again? Ah, uh, stepdad. Stepdad. Uh, oh man,
0: my current baby Yoda. Though, uh,
2: I've thought in the past it would be fun to be Kramer, right? like just 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 barge and so i you know i mean i would never i i mean seriously would never but in this fantasy version of myself i'll I'll be that guy that just hey the neighbor why how is he here
1: (laughs) okay um i like it final question how is your vision a wanda b mine are the sightless eyes of dr tj eckleberg or just any eyes on a billboard None of those can see anything. C, pretty bad. Doc said, no night driving for me. Or D, <laughs> double. I don't know what happened, man. I was getting hammered with some lady golfer. Next thing I knew, I was wreaking absolute <laughs> havoc on the dress shirt section of a Brooks Brothers.
2: Uh, I, being the eyes on the billboard without contacts or glasses, I can't fucking see a goddamn thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, So... I think you both already know this, but I have received feedback on my night driving. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah,
0: Not from an authority, but from a relation.
2: I I, re- I remember <laughs> I remember you telling us about that more than once.
0: <laughs> it was not. It was necessary. My night driving is very terrible because I sort of refused to wear contacts, and then I tried, and I drove at night, and I was like, oh. There's yeah. a big difference, <laughs>
2: right? Right.
0: I don't mean like drunk driving. I'm not talking about anything like right.
2: No, just yeah, bad. It's,
0: it's, I'm just saying like driving
1: at yeah. night. You just want to see the signs yeah. and the turnoffs and exits in the and road. The
0: people in the other lanes.
1: Well, yeah, you do want to see those quite a bit. You do. Um, this is the. E- this is one of the easiest quizzes <laughs> to score actually ever because Megan, you were a. You, you're getting the daisy frames. That sounds uh, right. They look like they, they they look like what they are. Just, just you're lovely and um are they pink and confusing? Beautiful, confusing creature. And <laughs> oh, and you just there's some there. I'm I'm like gr- grasping for parallels because um. Daisy's not the best, but uh, Megan, Megan's the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Tristan, you this rocks. You got Doctor TJ. Oh yeah, that's
2: awesome. Which
1: is the coolest one? I am the
2: weirdo doctor in Queens putting up a <laughs> a, a, a billboard that's uh, fallen apart in the middle of an industrial wasteland.
0: Yes, I you, you like, are I,
1: the I, coolest so one. Cool.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I love it. Uh, I think it's safe to say. I think it's safe to say that Tristan won this one. Yeah, I think
0: that's right. Even I mean, though I'm yeah. happy, I just, I'm unhappy.
2: I'm, I'm sure happy, that more
0: I, happy for you than I am for me. I, I'm
2: sure the Daisy <laughs> frames are very stylish. But.
0: And we all know what the Eckelberg looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look like uh, the eyes of Doctor Moreau, um, yeah. Doctor Shyamago, <laughs> the eyes of Doctor Caligari. Can I keep going? No, I don't want to. It's bad. It's just time. So this has been Better Red Than Dead. You can find me on Twitter at Tesslersaurus, Tristan at TJ Schweiger, and Katie at Katie Crywo. You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Better Red Pod, and email us at Podcast at gmail.com. But only if you have a neighbor and you're not sure about their parties. If you go to one of those parties, please tell us everything that happened, because we are not invited to parties. too old (laughs) we're old and and grouchy Uh our intro music is left Bronstein by the Redskins and used with their permission our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content please rate, review, and subscribe and next week we have George Elliott's Silas Marner with John Okada's No-No Boy on deck after that so thanks comrades